0: So, uh, where are we? My name's Christian. I'm lead pastor of City Life. It's your first time. We're so happy that you're here. Just forget the last 30 seconds. And uh, we're kicking up a new series today, um, Death to Selfie. And so that's why we have some selfies up here. You may not know these two, but I hope everybody gets a chance to come up close. Check out this good-looking guy. Um, he is uh, obviously our worship leader and our pastor here at, the, at City Life. Can everybody see him? He looks really cute, doesn't he? I know. A lot of people in here are related. Oh, oh I messed it up. There we go. Okay, so does everybody know what a selfie is? Uh, I, I wasn't sure if you would, so I got a uh, definition for you. So Oxford Dictionary defines a selfie as a photograph of, what taken of oneself, typically one taken with a smartphone or webcam. All right. That's it. We're done with this microphone. You can tell that's an old definition because it says webcam. Who takes selfies with webcams anymore? Am I right? Okay. Um, so that's one definition. Here's another definition that some of you might feel. All right. That could be another definition that you might go. Um, I, I am not, as a pastor, condoning Urban Dictionary, but it's got some really funny definitions for selfie, if, but I'm not condoning you looking at it. Okay. Um, these started a long time ago. I don't know if you knew this, but, um, but many, many, many years ago, selfies started. Uh, duck lips were not invented by this generation. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, so just some stats. 5% of women have taken a selfie on a toilet. So I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but that means there's some of you in here today. More people have died. This, these stats are from 2015. I don't know why, but that's the best I could find. Sorry. I know that's like so long ago. Um, more people died from taking selfies in 2015 than from shark attacks. Think about that just for a second. Because I'm never nervous taking a selfie, are you? But I am nervous when I swim in the ocean. Um, a thousand selfies every 10 seconds. That's a little hard to wrap your mind around, okay? Uh, so I'm going to pick on women just for a second. This is not my fault, and I'm not being sexist. Like, this is just the data, okay? Uh, Average 16 to 25-year-old woman spends over five hours a week taking selfies. That is not true. Three selfies per day, 16 minutes per... Now, they're called selfie sessions. Do you guys call them selfie sessions? Are there any teenagers in here? Hey, guys, let's get together and have a selfie session. All right. Uh, That's a lot. Seven selfies taken before finding the perfect one. Okay, I'm going to do a show of hands. There's only a couple teenagers in here, but how many people have sent a picture to a friend before posting it to see if it was good? Come on now. Yep. Yeah. All right, Samuel. You've checked it with me before. That's even worse. All right. Cuz I have no idea. All right, uh but don't worry, he's leaving. We're going to pick on guys too. All right. Just take a look at can you figure out why this is ridiculous? Look at the reflection. So he's pretending that he doesn't want his selfie taken by somebody else, but he's actually the one taking it. All right. Look up bad selfies on the internet. Well, maybe not. I don't condone the internet either. Okay. Um, And, uh, you know, sometimes selfies just go wrong and you just can't help it. So it's good timing. Okay. So here's the deal. You might be saying, I don't, I, I don't take selfies. I am mature. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Um, I am, I am old, really. You know, I haven't taken a selfie. Some of you probably have never taken a selfie. It's probably some of you. Dean Hampson has never taken a selfie. That's right. Some of you may have never taken, we're going to have selfie lessons afterwards. Okay. We'll teach you how to do that. Um, I love when you hand your phone to someone who's not like, you know, super with it with cell phones and you ask them to take a picture of like your group and they're like, um, okay, anyway, but so this is, it's, it's not about the selfie. It's not, we're not gonna like spend the whole four weeks talking about how people take pictures of themselves. It's that selfies and the selfie culture are a symptom of human nature. And we all tend to be a little selfie. I, I debated putting this slide up because it's so incredibly cheesy, but I went for it. I just hope that you appreciate it, right? We do. We tend to be obsessed with ourselves and it's going to come across differently for some of you maybe you really love comfort and you love to have what you want when you want it maybe you are self-protection is your thing and you care a whole lot about what people think about you so you spend a lot of time maintaining that image or you spend a lot of time avoiding conflict right or you, you spend a lot of time thinking about what someone might think if I said this or if I did this or if I went here or if I didn't go here. We all tend to think about what we want first, right? I mean, there is just evidence of this all through society, even early on. Do you know who this is? Okay, so this is Narcissus, all right? He. this is a, a Greek mythology, or it might be some other um, ancient civilization, but I'm going to say Greek because you don't know either. Um, and he fell in love with his reflection. And when he realized that he couldn't, couldn't have a relationship with his reflection, he killed himself. That is the story. That is where we get the term narcissist. We are obsessed with ourselves. And I just, I'm I'm not saying anything about putting her picture right after that one. I'm just saying, I want to show you a song that my, 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 uh, how old is she? 14 year old daughter sings this song and I'm really impressed with, uh, she writes her own music, right? So I'm really impressed with her lyrics. This is her chorus. I just wanted to really break this down. Let's dig deep for the meeting. Okay. You guys ready? Buckle up. This is going to be difficult. All right. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, here we go. I want it. What do you guys think the next line's gonna be? I got it. I want it. That's right, you guessed it. I got it. You think the course is over yet? I want it. I got it. I want it. I got it. Do you think she was like, man, that took me so long to write? Like, what could I say after I want it this time? Uh, I got it, I got it, I want it, I got it, I want it, I got it, you think that that is like so incredibly honest, I think that is, like, I love to make fun of this song, and I don't condone this song either, because I read the lyrics, and there's some things in there I don't condone, just say so you know, a lot of things I'm talking about, don't go home and research, but I want it, I got it, it's, it's so true, I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it. You know, I've got this rule that I try to teach my kids. That when we go shopping, if they see it and they like it, they go home. That's how my song would go. I see it, I like it, I go home. And here's the thing. If you go home and you still want it, then you save for it and then you got it. That's how my song would go. If you see it and you like it and you want it and you got it, you're going to be broke. And you're going to end up with tons of junk that you don't really want because of that impulse sort of thing. Because we see lots of things that we think we want, but they're not good for us. But we indulge ourselves. And we've been trained by this instant gratification society that if we see it and we want it, we got it. I mean, how many of you can remember dial-up? Can anybody remember dial-up? Let's show of hands. Now, I don't know, like, some people who are under 25 years old or whatever, you don't know what dial-up is, but we actually had these things called phones that weren't in our pockets, they were on the wall, and you actually had to plug a computer into your phone. How weird is that? And then you had to wait for it to sing this whole song. And it sounded like, uh, you love that sound. And then there were these tiny little dots that would slowly appear. You've got mail, right? Now, if I pull my phone out and I can't load a page in under a second, I'm like, what is wrong with this eight hundred dollar phone? I gotta get a new one. We can't take it with instant gratification. We want it, we got it. It's 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 the selfie culture, it's this sense of it's all about me. And I can't stand it not being about me. And I think it's corrosive, and I think that it's a lie. And I think that when we pursue that to the end, we end up unsatisfied, unfulfilled, wondering what the meaning of our lives are, wondering why we're here. And so we want to talk about this the next three weeks, this week and the next three weeks. We're going to talk about what is Jesus's response to this. See, I'm an expert at doing what I want. I didn't have to go to school for this. Has anybody ever had a kid? You don't have to teach them selfishness. It's like, hey guys, hey guys, gather around, gather around. I know you're sharing really well, but let me teach you this really cool word. It's called mine, right? And the louder you say it, the better it is. Try it, try it. But we don't want to, we just want to share. No, say mine, right? We don't, it's the opposite, right? It's just natural. It's, It's, we're born knowing exactly what we want and how to get it. I see it, I want it. I got it, right? It starts so early. That little baby sees that other toy. I want that toy. Doesn't matter. Other kids wanting it, you know? Knock them over, grab the toy. I got it. It's just inbred in our human nature, right? This baby's got a really low voice. Okay. I'm not going to lie, I pictured Grayson doing that, right? Sorry. (laughs) He's a sweet kid, but he could take any other kid in this church right now. Okay. So. I'm an expert at doing what I want. Listen, I just want to tell you this is me. Okay, so I'm going to point out a friend of mine. I was just talking about his son, Mark, right there. A couple a uh, month, month ago, month or two ago, Mark Mark just had this incredible experience with this uh, homeless shelter that was being shut down in Wilmington, and God put it on his heart to to try to raise some money, to try to gather some awareness and raise awareness. And it was it was really powerful what he did. So. Uh, Trisha was texting my wife Mandy and saying, you know, he's going to sleep there tonight, right? And, and I had this thought, you know, solidarity, friendship. I should go sleep there with him. And I was like, Meh. <laughs> I'll just text him. I'm praying for you, buddy. <laughs> All right. I did go visit him the next day and I brought it. It's here, isn't it? Oh, I should have brought it as a prop. I brought him a mat. To sleep on. Wasn't that nice of me? But I did not. I did not. I was like in my bedroom when I found out it was like 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. I was already in my PJs and I was like looking at my bed and I literally thought I want to sleep in my bed. I don't want to go sleep in some strange semi-dangerous place where it's probably going to be cold. Literally sounds like the worst thing I could imagine right now. So I didn't do it. I've got a friend uh, who is currently um, incarcerated And uh, he reached out to me through some connections and asked me to come visit him. And I did not want to. Let's just be honest. Like I have visited one person in prison in my career as a pastor and I got lost in the prison. That's a true story. I got lost and had to ask inmates for directions on how to get out of prison. (laughs) Just picture that scenario. They're like, we wanna know too, right? It's the same question we're asking. You're like, Shh, come here, buddy. I got this hole in my wall back here, right? <laughs> i was like walking around, the only one not wearing orange. If I had worn an orange shirt that day, I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I've done so. So I called finally after like two or three weeks. I called the prison and I asked like, how do I get this clergy thing? And yada yada. And sh- they were like, oh, they kind of came me the run around. Leave a message to this person. The person never called me back. It's been about a month and I haven't done it. Do you know how many other things I've done in that month that I wanted to do? Do you know how many things I've wanted to do in that month that took some effort? I mean, I'm not just like sitting on my couch all day. I've done a lot of things that were harder than what I need to do to go see this guy. But I just don't want to. I am selfish, self-centered. I care about my comfort. I care about what I want and what I don't want. But Jesus teaches us that a life lived for self is the smallest life. And you can spend the rest of your life doing what you want, see it, want it, got it, and your life will be small. And you will die unfulfilled. And you will die disconnected from people. And disconnected from meaning. So what I'm talking about today is the first step, and we're going to go deeper throughout the rest of the month, but the first step is denying yourself. If we could learn to deny ourselves, to say no to self... I see it, I want it, I don't got it. Well, I'm gonna suggest that to Ariana. You think she'd sing that for me once? All right, cool. You know her, right? Denying yourself is the first step to living a bigger life. So we're going to look at just a couple sentences from Jesus. So Jesus is talking here in what we call the book of Luke. It's one of the four gospels, the four stories of the life of Jesus. Luke was a a doctor and he was a follower of Jesus. And at the beginning of this book, he says, I did a whole lot of research because I wanted to record all the events that I could record for all of you people who want to know about the life of Jesus. So here's one time where Jesus is talking. He said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple. So this is, this is important. Like if you, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you should read the next sentence. Whoever wants to follow me. See, because we, 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 in, in America today, there's like this, this Christianity has become so many other things. But this is what he says it is. What Jesus said it looked like to be a follower of Jesus must deny themselves. So right there, when I did not, I mean, I'm not saying you have to do everything that you don't want to do, right? But I probably could have gone and, and spent the night hanging out with Mark. When I chose not to do that, I was probably being less of a follower of Jesus than I was being called to be in that moment. Now look, whew, our church is all about grace and we, we love the love of Jesus. and you know, But there's a hard edge to being a follower of Jesus and I don't want to excuse us from it. I don't want to excuse me from it. He calls us to such a higher level. See, he doesn't call us to comfort and skating by because he knows that that won't bring you what you're really looking for in life. He says, look, and I'm going to show you the next sentence. I'm calling you to a bigger life. He says, whoever wants to be a disciple, fought, deny themselves, take up their cross Daily. Daily, die to your desires, die to your selfishness, die to your passions, and follow mine. It's about surrender. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever is going to be selfish and self-focused and egocentric will end up dying alone and without meaning. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. He's saying, listen, this is the key to true life. What good is it if you were to gain the whole world but lose your very self? And it's a rhetorical question. No good. (laughs) That's the answer. He's saying you could pursue all that the world offers you. I just read about this guy. He was the co-founder of Microsoft. And he died. So he said, I want to try to spend all of my money before I die. And his investments were doing so well that by the time he died, he had more money. And he tried to give away like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. But now he's just, he's gone. And there's like literally billions of dollars still in his name now that other people are doing stuff with. And I'm not saying, I don't know, I mean, maybe his soul, you know maybe he was a follower of Jesus too, that would, that would rock, right? But You could gain the whole world, but in the end, what does it matter if you haven't found Jesus, if you haven't found his meaning, his call for your life? So, denying yourself, learning this very simple but difficult trait to deny yourself is the first step. It's the first step to living a bigger life, living the life that God has called you to live. See, I believe with all of my heart that every single person is created by God on purpose for a purpose. You're created on purpose. There are no accidents in this room or in any room for a purpose. That when God, and I don't know how it all works, but in his great wisdom, we come into the earth. There is a new chapter written in the history of the world with your name on it. And his fingerprints are on your life. But he's not creating robots and pressing buttons to make you do things. It's more artistic than that. It's more abstract than that. He's offering us the choice to follow him into the adventuresome life of being a follower of Jesus. But it's not going to be easy. We can pursue money and the house and the 2.4 kids and the two, seven Seven, eight, ten pets, depending if you're my family or not. You know, you can pursue the bigger the house. And then then the bigger children, if that happens naturally. uh, The bigger cars, and the nicer cars, and the better job, and the bigger office. And the more comfortable couch then, and the more comfortable chair. And the bigger TV, and the bigger house, and then eventually the smaller house. And the smaller house. Right? And then, and then, and then life's over. What did you do? What is the meaning? What if the secret to life, what if you have to lose your life to find true life? So I'm going to give you three things that denying yourself does for you. That's the whole point today. Denying yourself, denying yourself is the first step. This is, I think, a radical concept for today. So we would think, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to say no to something that I want because Jesus is calling me in a different direction. Denying yourself leads you to freedom from things. Here are a few of the things that we need freedom from. These are just a few off the top of my head. When you deny yourself, so Mandy and I believe in the biblical practice of tithing. And what that is, is giving 10% of your income off the top every month. We give it to the church. And what that does is that cuts the head off of greed. Because we're denying ourselves, it gives us freedom from greed. And that doesn't mean I'm just like magically I'm not greedy because it's deep in me. (laughs) So it takes more than tithing. But giving away 10% of your income is a powerful denial of self. I could use that money. I have lots of ideas for how I could use that money. They're good ideas. I want it, but I don't got it. Because I make a choice. There's plenty of things that I see that I want. Are you joking? I love cars. Right now I'm driving an 06 Toyota Sienna that is so cool. Man, when I step on the gas, I feel that horsepower deep in my bones. I mean, not really. I do have one cool car, I will say. My Hyundai Elantra is pretty slick. We call it the silver bullet because I like to nickname my cool cars. I don't nickname the the other one. (laughs) Trash Heap, okay. You deny yourself financially, you get freedom from greed. You deny yourself, you learn to put others first, you get freedom from arrogance. You get freedom from the constant obsession with myself. If you deny yourself from always having to be first, that's one way to break our obsession with performance and never being willing to fail or take risks. Right? It would. What I mean by that is like it would have been way easier for us, for me and Jonathan, to stay at the other church that sent us out and just work there for the rest of our lives because it was easy and comfortable and we knew that it was there. It wasn't going anywhere. But we denied ourselves because God said, I have a bigger life for you. Denying yourself is the first step to finding a bigger life. And he said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. And it was a choice of self-denial and of risking I mean, I don't think of myself this way. It's important you understand this. But like in the vineyard, because of the position and influence that God's given me, I, I'm like, I'm Christian done. Like people know me. And so there was a fear of, in me that is totally selfish and, and, and earthly and, and, and not God. I'm not saying this is good. But planning the church, I was afraid to fail because there's people who think highly of me right now. And I don't want to mess that up. That was a real fear of mine. And it wasn't a good fear. I'm not saying that I'm proud of that. But just being honest, I had to deny that side, that desire for people to think well of me, to do what God is calling us to do and to take a risk. Denying yourself gives you freedom from materialism, choosing not to buy everything that we want sometimes, choosing to give things away. I tell you a story. You really, I don't know why I asked that question. You have no choice. I had this, this old coat, and I had it for too many years, and it was ugly. And so for Christmas, Mandy bought me a new winter coat. I loved this winter coat. And like three weeks later, I wore it to church. Biggest mistake. Because I had no idea this guy was going to get up in front of the church that day, and he was going to say, God, it's just broken my heart for these people who don't have Coats. I was like, what? Come on, if anybody's willing to just sacrifice, just bring it up to the front of the church and lay them here, we're going to give our coats away. And I was like, no. Why didn't I wear the old coat? Right? Isn't that what we donate? I mean, I'm going to press my own button here, but I don't donate my new clothes. I don't go shopping and be like, I'm giving that to Goodwill. No, I'm like, okay, I haven't worn that in a year. But all I had was, I was like, can I run home? This kind of feels like a now moment thing, though, with God, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if I ran home if it'd still feel the same, you know? So I was like, Ugh. My heart was not at all in the right place. But what, the only thing that was holding me back is materialism. How badly do I really need a coat that looks nice? Like, in the grand scheme of my life, if that matters to me more than the people who are hurting, something's really wrong in my heart. Okay. John Piper says, he's a famous Christian author, to go to the heart of the matter, to take up your cross, means to treasure Jesus more than we treasure human approval, honor from others, comfort, and life. Denying yourself gives you the freedom to do things too. He says, take up your cross. Taking up your cross is an action. It gives you freedom to step into what God's calling you to do, to say no to me and yes to Jesus. There's a book that I love on leadership called Heroic Leadership that talks about the, these Jesuits that gathered together and they, they banded together, these brothers and sisters, and said, we're going to sacrifice for the good of the kingdom of God on earth. And they talked about this principle. They said, um, living without attachments and so they purposely did not have many earthly attachments so that they could live with one foot in the air that's what they called it we live with one foot in the air because when god says go they didn't want to be so firmly rooted it was like i can't go that way one foot in the air so if they're headed this way but if god says go this way they're like yeah no problem they're living with one foot in the air i'm ready god whenever you want even with this church i have to be saying god I don't I mean I don't stand like this all the time, it'd be really hard. But you know, my hands are open with this church. I'm just not my church. This is God's church. God could call me out of here. One foot forward. I'm not that's not what it is. One foot in the air. I'm ready. I'm not attached even to the things I love most. What are you too attached to that would keep you from following Jesus? Denying yourself also decides who's in charge. He says, follow me. It frees you from things. It frees you to follow Jesus. And it decides, I am not in charge. Jesus most famously did this when he was in the garden praying with the disciples before he would go to the cross. And he said the most honest prayer, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. This is Jesus This is God in flesh come to earth for one reason was to die for our sins and raise from the dead and as he looks to the cross he has the most human moment he says God is there any other way? But then the most powerful prayer I I, I pray this prayer on a regular basis I would encourage you to do it as well but not my will yours be done And he surrendered. Because denying yourself, denying yourself is the first step to living a bigger life. It's the first step to the life Jesus is calling you into. It's the first step to fulfilling that longing in your heart to to be more, to do more. You know it. You know you were created for more. You know it because you step into it sometimes. You step into it and you're like, this is it. This is it. I'm doing what I was meant to be doing. Whether it's volunteering at the Paris Foundation or you're on a roof working at Good Neighbors or you're helping somebody behind the scenes or you're giving money to a cause or, or it might be part of your job. I mean, not all of us get to do for a living what we're necessarily created to do on earth so we have to plug it into other parts of our life. But you know it when you see it. And you have to deny your, our tendency to just take care of ourselves and protect ourselves and comfort ourselves We have to deny that to be able to step into what God has for us. So if you're honest, what has too much power over you? The worship team can come on up and get ready. Billy Graham said, I'm assuming most of you know Billy Graham. He's one of the most famous preachers of our time, just recently passed away. He said, Jesus doesn't simply call us to believe that he existed or even to believe that he can save us. He calls us to commit our whole lives to him. See, he's not asking for 10% of your life or 50% of your life. He wants your whole life to trust him alone for salvation and then to follow him as his disciples. It's this attitude of surrender that it was so so cool that Selah and Candace and Jonathan all talked about that during worship that tells me that God is really knocking on the door of our hearts with this message. Full surrender. And maybe you're here today and you're like, whoa, this is, this is kind of intense. I was just visiting. <laughs> I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. I'm not sure about this whole Bible thing. And now you're telling me I got to like die. All right. This is a journey for all of us. But But what I believe is that all of us, whether you're a follower of Jesus right now or not yet, and you're just searching, all of us are looking for more. And I believe this is very practical, and you can do this even if you don't believe in Jesus. You can start choosing little ways to deny yourself and start putting other people and other priorities and what really matters to you first. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus, the only thing that changes there is what really matters to God first. So here's my challenge for you this week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick one thing and I'm going to deny myself of it for the whole week. I don't know what it's going to be yet because I haven't decided. It could be small. It could be like, okay, I'm not going to look at Facebook for a week. It could be small. It could be, uh, I'm not going to eat ice cream for a week. I said small. Yeah. Anything that's kind of big. Um, I don't know. You could go bigger than that. What's one thing that you could, it's, it's, it's not so much like, oh, that's, I mean, you could do the thing that's holding you back, but it could be symbolic. It could be, I want to learn how to say no to myself. Because when you learn how to say it in small ways, this is why fasting is actually a part of Christianity, is you learn how to say no to yourself in small things. When the big no, big asks come, it's easier to say no to yourself. So what's one thing really practically to start breaking ourselves from the power of selfie? <laughs> What's one thing we could deny ourselves for for a week? So what we're going to do is we're going to sing one more song. Could you stand up with us, please? We're going to sing one more song. We'd like to give you a chance just to reflect on what we've been talking about. And then I'll come back up and we'll pray to close. During this song and and continuing after the song, we're going to have some people on that wall to my right, your left. If you would like prayer, if you would like prayer for anything going on in your life, if you're struggling, if you're sick, if you're having relationship difficulties, we want to pray for you. So there'll be really safe people over there and you can just head over there. They're just going to ask your name, ask you what's going on, they're just going to pray for you. It's not intimidating at all. So do that. We're going to sing this song and then we'll close.
1: You know, that's also part of worship is, is getting your eyes off of you and onto God, you know, and, and realizing where it all comes from, where it begins, where it ends, who he is in our lives. And, and so uh, let, let's end this time um, focused on who God is. He's great. He's far more, more powerful than we are. Um, he's awesome. So God, we, we take this time now, Lord. We just, we invite you, Lord, if there's hidden areas, obviously we're so good at like rationalizing and blinding, being blinded to our own weaknesses, our own faults. God, if there are things that you are wanting to work in us right now that, that we need to become free of, Lord, we invite you to speak that to us here right now during this time. And God, we want to be able to follow you. And all that it takes, God. We want to be challenged. We want to rise up. We want our lives to be bigger and not small. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just pray
0: along with, we pray your prayer. Not, you, not our will, but yours be done. Not our will, but yours be done. In our lives, in this church, in this city, not our will, but yours be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives, on earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray that you would break us from the addiction to self. Just while we're here in prayer, I want to offer, if anybody is here and hasn't made that initial decision to say, yes, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I say yes to your will in my life for the first time. And I choose to follow you. We're just going to keep our eyes closed. But if you would raise your hand, just so that I can see that. If you just raise your hand, if that's you. All right, if you raised your hand, I want to just ask you to pray this prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. Jesus, I believe that you love me unconditionally. I believe that your salvation is a free gift that I can't earn. I pray that you would become the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I choose to follow you. Amen. If you raised your hand and prayed that prayer, there's just little cards right there on that table by the door on your way out. It just says, I raised my hand on the top. If you fill out your name and email and drop it at the welcome booth, um, it'll give me a chance to email you tomorrow. Just a reminder, if you're new here today or or you haven't been here for a while and you're back, you want to fill out one of those cards to reconnect, you can grab a a gift at the door and make sure you drop that off at the welcome table. Um, Stay for a starting point. If you haven't come to Starting Point yet, even if you've been coming for a few months, I'll be in there. We're talking about what we believe here and what faith looks like, what it means to follow Jesus. That's what we're talking about today. So we'd love to see you guys. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you next week and hopefully we'll see you at some of those meals this week that we're gonna be hanging out together. God bless you guys.